Well, hello, pod people, and welcome to episode 34 of the Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies. It's lockdown two, electric boogaloo. And that's not very original, I know, but uh, I am pretty hopeless, as I imagine we're all feeling pretty hopeless right now. So this is the podcast for you to raise your spirits if you're feeling as down in the dumps as me, your hopeless host, Donna Scott. Welcome. Yeah, if I'm going to look on the bright side, I am no longer worried, upset, anxious about not having any live gigs because nobody has any live gigs now. I would have had a gig in November and I couldn't make it. And now no one can make those gigs. Nobody. And we're already thinking, oh, poor Nottingham entering tier three. Everywhere is flipping tier four now. How many tiers? You know, you tend to only see three tiers in the corner of an eye of a murderer on death row. We've got more than that now. It's, it's too many. It's too many. Scotland's got five. Talking of cake making, that is exactly what I'm not going to be doing this time round because I made quite a lot of banana bread. And I now look like a banana bread. Okay, let's face it. If I'm honest with you, a lot of this extra lockdown luggage is furlough Merlot. And with the pubs having to shut again, I think we're going to see that shrink a bit. Also, you know, I've uh, rejoined the death cult that is Weight Watchers. I know, I said I wouldn't do it, but... I got this email from Money Saving Expert last week and it said, free month. You know, I love free things. So, yeah, I'm going for a free month of Weight Watchers. And so far, so flipping good. I'm on the app again. The app works a little bit better than it did last time, but it won't sync with my Fitbit. Uh, admittedly, this time I've got a different Fitbit. But because it won't link with my Fitbit, I can't build up all the same fit points on it so it, it's not recording all my steps everywhere as extra food and if I want to have any extra points I've got to earn them by doing actual exercise not just walking up and down around the house for a bit so I think that's good um I'm you know I'm like what five days in I feel I feel good I've drunk a bit of wine at the pub instead of cider yeah and I'm basically looking at the stockpile that we've got of booze and saying that's for Christmas. I've just shared a post on my social media of some marron glacé or candied chestnuts. So I have this book uh, which I was telling you about the other time which is Good Housekeeping Cookery from 1978 and it's amazing. And there's a recipe in there for candied chestnuts and I always wanted to make marron glacé. So I knew that that recipe was there and I thought, I'm going to make marron glacé, good housekeeping style Went and looked at the recipe after I'd been foraging for my chestnuts for ages. And it said, oh, this is a recipe for candied chestnuts, which you'll have to eat like straight away. If you want to make like marron glacé, these can't be reproduced under conditions in the house. And I thought, blimey heck, surely not. Because they're a, th- they're a thing, aren't they? They're a th- they're a traditional French thing. Like, the f- France doesn't do stuff that it can't do at home, no, food-wise. So, I happened to Google 
online, found an American recipe, but it's all cups of sugar and I don't really follow that. But I also then found the website of one, Aliette de Baudard. Aliette is well known as an amazing science fiction and fantasy author. She's French-Vietnamese and she writes in English. And her writing is excellent. And I know this because I have edited it. Yeah, it's very good. And uh, she's also a bit of a computer whiz. That's her day job. And also an amazing cook. And this recipe for Maron Glacé was on her website. Absolute flipping polymath, Aliette de Baudard. And she's lovely. And so unassuming as well. I remember she won the BSFA award and she won the novel and the best short story awards uh, in the same year. And she was like holding these two engraved glass trophies. And for both things, she went, I didn't write the speech. <laughs> she didn't think she'd win. Well, so unassuming. You're so good. It's so good. Anyway, I've made Maron Glacé according to your recipe. We've had a couple of them, just the little ones. Because, you know, when I was making the the initial stages and some of the chestnuts broke I thought well I'll keep those put them through the same process and then they can be my test chestnuts my test nuts so myself and Neil have nibbled some of my test nuts and they were they're lovely anyway if you want to try them go and look up her recipe on her website and you can buy like a bag of vacuum packed chestnuts or something and like waitrose have them and then you can make them and they'll be like proper posh because when you buy them professionally as opposed to picking them up from the, from the ground in the park when you're walking the dog then you get the nice big fat chestnuts. So yeah, do that. Anyway, I hope you haven't been panic buying. Yeah. If you've been to the shops to support them before they all shut again, I hope you're going to the nice ones and buying nice things for yourself to get you through lockdown, not just toilet roll. We don't expect you just to be on the toilet the whole time. Like up this weekend, we bought some guitar strings from PMT, and uh, Neil's been fixing an electric guitar today uh, using a YouTube. So he'll be doing an awful lot of this uh, musical instrument renovation, and yeah, I'm pretty proud of him. He's, he's made a good job of that. But yeah, we're all geared up now. We can. Um, play music and annoy the neighbours all through lockdown. Oh, and doesn't this lockdown coincide nicely with NaNoWriMo? You know, November Novel Writing Month, National Novel Writing Month in November, whatever it's called. Um, have I written anything to date? No. Um, did I write anything yesterday? Ah. Uh, look, I found my files and I put them in one place so I've got I've got three chapters ready and uh, I'm going to get uh, my Kindle to read them to me because I'm going to be lazy. <laughs> and then I will um, be ready to start, I think, probably tomorrow. So I'll be a bit behind. But let's face it, I didn't realise until I looked at the files I actually started my novel two years ago. <laughs> How bad am I? It's um, been a while. I didn't touch it at all since the operation I'd had last year. And I need to get to know my characters again. I'm so bad. But you know, I love my book. Um, it's not, not, not my book. My book is a good book. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be the best book. Oh my God, we've got a flipping election coming up, haven't we? Oh, bloody heck. 
Will you be listening to the results? Will you be following them? Are you prepared for the chaos that's going to ensue? <laughs> oh, let's face it. We are not going to be short of news, are we, in the next uh, few weeks? And it's got to be the same news. It's going to be election, election, election. Or as one of the candidates has said, COVID, COVID, COVID. I'm hopefully going to have a few more online gigs and some online content coming up for you. My video editing skills are being tested by the crappiness of AVS Video Editor, which keeps crashing on me. And I've got an awful lot of work to do to make my video look good. Oh, I know. How do people produce content every week? It's ridiculous. I'm very, very proud of my little film. It's nearly finished. Yeah, I did a Zoom gig last week with online stand-up comedy extravaganza, which was raising money for No Means No. And that was brilliant. There was quite a good audience watching us on Zoom. Some people were in their beds, which is <laughs> quite funny. You just like doing stand-up and there's people there in their duvet. Um, and the audience was from all over. There were people from California, people in Argentina, people in Poland. It was amazing. And then I was on with quite a diverse and international lineup as well. So I opened. Then there was uh, Mana Raj, Anuska Rava, Lissy Caulfield, Elevate, Alex Baton, Louisa Keat, and Rabia Kuhn. And it was just a really good gig. It really was. Oh, I've got to say, that if you look at all of those people, because they were all amazing. I'm, I've followed everybody on um, all the socials now. Uh, good to make those connections. Actual, proper funny people. And then I was on another show again last week, which was um, Katie Hinkins' uh, Comedians Quiz. I've linked to that one on my comedy channel on YouTube. So that should be in my playlist. And that was good fun. <laughs> I was awful on it in that, you know, I wasn't very clever. I didn't get uh, many of the popular culture things. And uh, where I did know the answers, I kind of blurted them out badly. <laughs> but oh, it's worth seeing. It's worth seeing. Every time I got something kind of, kind of a bit wrong, I, I put something else on my head. <laughs> I'm like a living game of bookaroo. <laughs> And coming up, I took part in, um, oh God, how can I tell you about this? Yeah, I took part in a podcast the other day, which is going to come out soon. And it's with Mr. Badger. Mr. Badger talks to utter scum, which is a kind of um, roasting podcast hosted by a character called Mr. Badger, who is a awful 1970s like terrible children's comedian but you know definitely not for children you know he's sweary he's disgusting <laughs> and so the point of the podcast is you go on and you get offended deliberately offended <laughs> by this horrible character who's played by a lovely guy uh, <laughs> called Donald Mackerel and um, he has had quite the cast go through <laughs> his podcast over the past few weeks you should go and listen to it but um don't go listen to it if you're not prepared to hear swears 
and terrible things. So I was very anxious when I did it. I'll tell you how anxious I am. I have broken out in bloody eczema. I haven't had eczema since I went to hospital last year. And it's just come back on my elbow and I'm like, oh God, that's how anxious I am. It's either you know, the prospect of lockdown, which let's face it, is quite stressful. Or the fact that I was I was worried that I wasn't that funny on, on his podcast the other day. You know, you put yourself into a character and then another character talks at you and he's being really mean and horrible. <laughs> I'm like, a little bit miss going, there's something mean and horrible towards me, but mean and horrible just generally. But it's very funny. Um, I saw the one the other day, and I can recommend this one big, big time, and that is it's a comedian called Richard Dad, which I believe is the name of that mad painter who did all the fairies. He does a lot of characters himself, and he plays one character called Satan, and that is hilarious. So I would say go and watch that one. And I'm about to play you an interview that I did with John Pearson, and we talk about his tour which I imagine the next few dates will not happen because of this whole lockdown thing. There's a few dates next year and they will happen. Let's jolly well hope so. So when you listen to the interview, you can listen for those dates and make a note of them. But I should say, I have been also mentioned on somebody else's podcast this week. I ain't no holler back girl, except I'm hollering back at you, love dev bar Pager. You did a really, really good podcast, a Halloween special the other day, and you asked for content. And because I was chatting to you about it, so I, I gave you a story and you read it out on your podcast. And I don't mind you doing that. I don't mind you doing that. But you said to your listeners, to your listeners, Love Dev, you said that I spelt your name wrong. You cheeky get. I did not spell your name wrong. I added you. It took your name from your own user profile. So therefore, to send you a screenshot to show you. That's how you spell your name. Right? So if your name is spelled wrong when you read it out, it's because you copied it down <laughs> incorrectly yourself. And who spells their own name wrong? Oh, apart from myself for the first 13 years of my life because... I hadn't seen my birth certificate and thought my middle name was spelt differently. Thanks, Mum. <laughs> Basically, my mum forgot how my name was spelled. <laughs> so, yeah, it is possible to get your own name spelled wrong. Um, right, anyway, let's crack on with this interview then. Hello, I am joined by John Pearson, who I have known for many, many years and is very, very good at the comedy. <laughs> What an introduction. I love that as an introduction. <laughs> That's one of the best introductions I think I've ever had. He's very, very good at the comedy. I've known him for many years. He's very, very good at the comedy. I think it's a decade, Donna, I think. It is a whole, it's a whole 10 of the years. It's a whole 10 of the years. I think you were actually, I think I came to, because you used to run a gig in rugby. Yeah, oh gosh. Somebody else mentioned the rugby gig to me recently. Yeah, which I did. In, I think it was my fourth or fifth ever gig, I think. Yeah, I... I was reminded of it the other day as well because I saw the landlord of the pub uh, that that uh, who was running it at the time that we ran that gig. He really, really was into comedy and he wanted to have a comedy night there so much. But unfortunately, his clientele were a little bit 
it, yeah, it didn't really work, did it? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't no. really. It wasn't the place for comedy. It no. was there was a you were on, you were in a, as I remember it, you were behind like a raised area that had like yeah. a fence in front of it. Yeah, uneven sight lines. <laughs> yeah, only yeah, oh yeah, it was a terrible room for comedy. There was a square bar in the middle that you sort of looked towards, and nobody sort of sat there, and then people yeah. could sit behind you and to the side of you, but no one sat in front of you. And there's a perfectly good room to the side that we could have used. In fact, we used it a couple of times. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah, yeah, which would have been the best room ever, but he just said, no, it has to be in the bar. I can remember it. I remember it yeah. really well. And then Mirth took it over. Did they? Oh, they Mirth did. took it on. Yeah. Was it called the Holly Bush? Yeah, that's it. It was, because there was two. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was the Holly Bush. I remember it now. Yeah, because there was two Holly Bushes. Remember, the Holly Bush Cradley Heath, then your Holly Bush. Yes. <laughs> which is not a euphemism in any way, shape, or form. No, no. <laughs> I haven't got t shirts to mine. <laughs> no, you haven't got t shirts for yours saying Donna's Holly Bush. all right we've known each not only known each other for a long long time we've got quite a bit in common in that uh we've both tried to run pubs (laughs) (laughs) we're both so what you're saying is we're both failures is that what you're saying is that is that that what you're saying you're not a failure well it's getting close (laughs) it's getting to the point now where there's not many more careers i can try I honestly, I I, did you run pubs? I didn't know you'd run pubs. Yeah, yeah, I ran um, a pub um, when I finished teaching. So I went straight from being a French and German teacher and uh, the awfulness that that was to uh, having to cope with um, drunkards in Tuffley near Gloucester. Oh, nice. Oh, right, all the way in Gloucester. Oh, that, that, see, that sounds nice. Oh, it it could have been. <laughs> it sounds nice. Uh, it sounds nicer than mine, which was a mining town in Mansfield, which is much more rough and ready and much more bitter and bitter and mild than anything else. Oh, that, that's very black country kind of bitter and mild. <laughs> bitter and mild. Yeah, what? Well, yeah, it was. Yeah, but this isn't nowhere near black country. But it was very bitter and mild. And uh, my idea of what I wanted for my pub was definitely not what they wanted. <laughs> I wanted like San Miguel Peroni. They were like, no, we're not paying the money for that. So oh, then we had to move down to John Smith's. Oh, yum. John Smith's and Bud Light. That was, that was literally as far as we could get, I think. Yeah, I think we had terrible choices in our pub as well. But it was ever so funny. You know, you get the old, the old guys come in and they go, can I have a pint of, uh, pint of bitter for me and a barley wine for the missus? A barley Miss- wine. I see, that's so Gloucester. Missus is getting trolled. That, that's 9%. Yeah, <laughs> But is she drinking it pint? Is she drinking it drink for drink with him? That's what you always want to watch. That's always what I love watching. <laughs> if they're drinking, because it used to be it was gin for us, double gins. It'd be like, I'm have a double, she'll have a double gin. And then it'd be like, oh no, she just wants the double gin. She's still got some tonic left. So that's like, all oh, right. So she's not even watering it down as much as I thought she was. And she's doing, you're doing a pint of Bud Light and she's doing a double gin every time. She's absolutely wasted. <laughs> it's the best way to be. Yeah. We had um, a Skittle Alley in our pub. <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> That's great. Skit- I took the skit lally out of ours. I actually dug our, our skit lally out it was in, it, and made it into a beer garden. Oh, we had the beer garden as well. We had a nice big beer garden. Yeah, um, so we, we didn't have a beer garden, so I thought we need a beer garden. And we had clientele from GCHQ, at least. Oh, they told yeah. me it was GCHQ, but thinking about it, if you work for GCHQ, would you tell anybody? I think that's probably breaking the Official Secrets Act. Oh, for sure. But I've heard a lot of things about GCHQ that I think they're not that secure. I've heard yeah. so many stories about people that have just used their cafe just by pretending to be a spy. Oh, my life. 
walked in and gone, oh, I'm just going to have a drink in here. And they said, who are you? And you said, I work for Tutsi HQ. And they just let you in. And you just sat there at the cafe. It's like, it's ridiculous. Oh, so that was the lounge. Anyway, the lounge was like, I would say fairly posh, apart from when we used to have people who were high on smack come in and try and order lasagna <laughs> and throw lasagna everywhere. Amazing. Um, and then in the bar, the bar area. Is that a, is that a meal? Is that a meal for a smackhead? <laughs> lasagna. It is lasagna. if you're not eating is that, it. <laughs> is that the meal to go to? I don't know. If, I've never. I've not, I've not been involved in the in the smack uh, world, but uh, I don't imagine that lasagna is something you'd eat if you're on smack. Yeah, they tended not to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, they just threw it around. Is that what they did? We're, we're, we're here for, to order some food so they could sit there and then use the, the disabled toilet. <laughs> Oh, is that? Oh, right. Oh, okay. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So they'd order food just to go and use the toilet. Perfect. Yeah. Well, they're like the perfect, the perfect people in these Corona times. They're the perfect people now. <laughs> they, were, yes, they were ahead of the curve. Service. They were ahead of the curve for ordering food with your drink so that you could get to use the disabled toilets. They just didn't know what was going to happen. Okay. And you know, you know who used to be in uh, my, my uh, bar area? Relatives who? of fred west really oh amazing amazing which how how close how close relatives he's me cousin he's a cousin is it oh okay standard so were they actually relatives or were they just trying to claim that they were relatives uh who knows everyone looks the same so they could easily have been related <laughs> everyone looks the same there we go that's a that's a thing for gloucester isn't it everyone everybody looks the same, looks the same. <laughs> everyone, look, everyone looked like fred west i'm surprised they got the right one <laughs> could have been any of them could have been any builder oh good grief uh so i used to love working in a pub but i think running a pub nah. <laughs> no not so much i used to like well even mine my mine's even worse because i've never even worked in a pub until i owned one so i never even worked beyond a bar and then just went oh i'll buy this place with the wife and mother-in-law and i'll know how to run it and it's an absolute learning curve for me so how come we are so behind the curve at, that Ramesh Ranganathan is the one to have got a sitcom out of all this? Don't even start. He stole my <laughs> idea. He didn't really steal my idea. I'd uh, I'd written I'd I'd written I'd written I've got to use your words, John. I'd written a sitcom. I'd written a sitcom treatment called. Uh, it wasn't quite called. Was it called Reluctant? His is called Reluctant Landlord, isn't it? Yeah. I can't remember what I think it was just I can't called remember the what, repentant landlord. Yeah, my, mine was something <laughs> along the same lines. And I wrote an entire script out. I'd done an entire pilot script, did a treatment, sent it into my uh, my agent at the time, Delphine, and she messaged me back just going, Yeah, it's great, but have you seen this? And then sent me the clip from Sky saying that he was bringing out a new show called Reluctant Landlord. And I watched the first episode and I was like, It's literally exactly the same. Oh. Serendipity. Which is so annoying. So annoying. Yeah, it was. It, but, you know, it's nice to know that I'd got an idea that was obviously got legs if I'd had enough time to actually make it myself. But I didn't. So, uh, yeah. So I feel like he stole my idea. But he didn't really steal my idea. <laughs> did you have, like, any really amazing times in the pub? Or did you have any shockers? <laughs> uh, yeah, I had loads of amazing times. I'd lo- I, we had loads of great times in the pub, to be fair. And we also did have some shockers as well. I know the, the nail in the coffin was um, was when we did a we did a beer festival, and we'd really organised this beer festival. We'd got loads of great beers in. I'd put I'd made a bar upstairs, put loads of hand pulls in, made it really nice, like one of the best beer festivals I would say I would have ever been to, and then nobody came, and that what? was the most heart wrenching thing that happened. I was just like, well, and that was kind of the last nail. Me and the wife were like, Do you know what? Let's forget about this from this point onwards. But then we had a like the 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 summer, the summer of that, 
we had an amazing gin festival. Like the gin festival was a huge, like we didn't realize how great it was going to be. Um, to the point that we'd organized it so that I was gigging on the weekend that the gym festival was happening because we assumed Gabby would be able to take it, my wife would be able to take it at, all on her own, do it all. Um, so I was gigging, I was at the Glee Club for two nights and it, it started, I was at the Friday night, I was at the Glee Club and it was gearing up to be a bit busy. The Friday night was quite busy. Then Saturday, all day, it was just absolutely rammed to the point that it was just ridiculous and I had to leave at four. No, I had to leave at half five to go to the Glee Club for seven. And I left and it was, honestly, you couldn't move. You couldn't move in the pub. You couldn't move upstairs. We had two bars open. We had six, we had three people on each bar. It was ridiculous. I went off to the Glee Club, came back. People were still there. It was packed outside. The car park was rammed. There was people walking around. I walked upstairs. People were walking around with gin, with gin now in pint glasses because she'd run out of glasses. And everyone was just like, where have you been? And I was like, I've been out at the Glee Club. And I had to ask, it was my first ever weekend at Nottingham Glee. And I had to ask them if they could pay me in cash, but in two in pound coins because we'd run out of float. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to bring the pound coins back and put them in my own till. Oh, good grief. It was amazing. Great times. I think my favourite time, I mean, I do talk about it quite a bit sometimes in my, my sets, like apart from the time when I tried to run a quiz, which was not a good idea. Because my customer who said he worked for GCHQ said, you're either yeah. going to make it a really hard quiz and build the reputation up or make it so flipping easy that anyone that can get comes. The... Yeah. yeah. So I went for flipping easy and it was still a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, my, I did a quiz. I used to write the quiz and then I found somewhere where you could download the um, uh, questions from, which was much easier. Uh, yeah, but I then done I that did if one of those. 1998. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, because my yeah, obviously yeah. I'm talking like we're talking like 20 years later is when I was doing mine. So the internet was about, and then um, but then some of those questions were too hard and people won't get them. And we had people leave the quiz because it was too hard. But they weren't even like hard questions. I had to start putting multiple choice in like on the fly because people were like that's too difficult to work out. So I have to do multiple choice on the fly whilst doing the quiz, which was ridiculous. And I always did music rounds as well. But my music round not intentionally but every week it would involve one of the ones where i'd play the song and it would the first words of the song would be the title do you still get people like, like failing it after that though yeah you would you'd get people laughing and people would be like oh i can't believe it and then you'd do the answer and, and some people would still get it wrong you're like well what that don't even know what that's about <laughs> and i think my other favorite bit was running a sting operation you ran yeah. a sting operation what yeah. to get what because what, because Sting, what, the singer, was he in? <laughs> well, no, it was one of my staff who was nicking from the till. So basically, <sighs> I, I got the management in and we, we, we set up a Sting operation to catch her. How did you catch her? <laughs> With uh, bringing in mystery customers <laughs> right. who were positioned to watch the bar so that I would basically sneak around the corner <laughs> and, and watch what she was doing. And uh, yeah, she was basically getting um, a mate to come into the pub hand over some cash and yeah. then close them with a, da, 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 nothing happened <laughs> it's like we'll see it we've seen you oh so she didn't put it in the actual till no. yeah she was like, overcharged people then then uh then getting her mate to come in and, and get the excess so that it wouldn't be in the till oh clever so would her mate come in was she was she so clever that her mate would come in buy something and she'd give it to her back as over change yeah Perfect. Brilliant. I love it. That's very clever. But she obviously got caught out. Also, yeah. I don't know how people don't know that they're going to get caught when they're doing that sort of thing. Because 
stocks will be down or stocks will be up and the tills will be down or the tills will be up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 you can't fake a till. Do you know what I mean? It's quite hard to fake a till and yeah. people don't understand how it works. So. I felt like I was working with GCHQ at that time. That's great. I like, I like the know. fact you were around about Gloucester as well. So GCHQ were around and you were running a sting operation next door. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so you've got had quite a, a lot of stuff happening online over the <laughs> lockdown period, haven't you? Yeah, I've done quite a lot. I've been, uh, I would say, uh, uh, jack of all trades and master of none of them would be probably how it's most, best, best described. But I've done quite a lot of stuff, yeah. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot during lockdown, I think is the way I'd put it. I enjoyed watching your online things. Yeah, what, which you, ones? You haven't done your Friday thing for a while. No, I kind of got to... Again, it's one of those things. It was great. I really enjoyed doing it, but it was taking me four days of writing and planning and filming to then only have four or five people watch it <laughs> on a Friday. So the, the figures went down. The figures weren't there for it. I just didn't get the viewership for it, basically. Oh, that's that sounds a darn shame because I think we've got everyone to watch the thing. What did you do? You did one of these life hacks with the cheese. Yeah, I did. Like, yeah, I did. Yeah, I was doing what was the, well, reclusive recipes. That's what yeah. they were called. Reclusive <laughs> recipes. So I did the tiger bread with sausages and bacon and everything in it. Uh, I did. Uh, what else? And I had cheese in it. What did, I, what did I do a cheese one? I can't remember now. I did a lot of I did a lot of reclusive recipes. It's um, they, good. They, they were the favourite thing. They were my favourite thing to film. And also I did film a, a sketch with some geese. That was fun. I filmed a sketch with geese down at the geese, where the geese are uh, a pond by me. That was very fun to film. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it was just a lot of time and effort for not a lot of viewership, which it, it sounds like you guys are going, oh God, I'm such a... But you need people to watch it. And it was fun and I did enjoy it. And the people that did watch it did enjoy it, but it just wasn't there for me to make it, to make it worthwhile to spend four days on it. And you're a bit of an early pioneer in the online uh, multi, uh, what, mixed bill gigs. Of, one of the first, I think, Donna. I think yes. I was actually one of the first. I think I might have been the first in actual fact. But um, yeah, yeah, first person to do an online gig comedy virtually live with multi yeah with people dialing in via skype i think was the first time i had it so i've had people dialing via skype comics dialing via skype and then i developed it to be zoom so then within zoom i had comics and then i also had audience and i was the first person to do that i think to have actual audience in the front row that you could actually listen to and hear and the rest of the world could hear them as well rather than just the comics so yeah that was that was interesting and again kind of fallen by the wayside I used to do it every sunday night and now gigs kind of came back and now they seem to be going again so when gigs came back it was harder and harder to get people to want to do it and then i started getting more gigs so i couldn't do them on a sunday so i haven't done one for a while maybe i should bring it back now that we've gone into tier three lockdown over in nottingham yeah i noticed that so you've got one of your is one of your shows is going to be affected isn't it yeah so i can't up. do nottingham i can't do nottingham comedy festival now this year which would be the 9th of november we had some good news in that we had a gig in Nottingham for the festival, but um, Neil went and got himself a job. Oh, oh right, okay. Oh, Keldermarsh. Oh, no. <laughs> so we can't go into the show. Um, oh, no. Actual, actual real money. <laughs> actually, well, I, I've also gone out and got myself a job as well, but mine won't affect me doing any shows because I, I pack for Tesco's at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Neil's got himself 12-hour shifts. I see. I've not got. I've not gone for twelve hours. I didn't do that. I went for just normal hours. Um, I'm not a mentalist like like Neil is. Well, he's got a week off now, so. That's oh, I see. Oh, I see. What, yeah. So, what's he been doing? What's he been doing this week? Um, mainly watching Blake Seven. 
Oh, brilliant. What a way to spend your week off, Neil. Well done. <laughs> Work 12 hours shifts, mate. Get, get, get some time off watching Blake 7. Wow. Well, he's been, been up, the, up the market today, getting some more work trousers. We're such a great country now that that's, that's actually deemed as being something to do. Uh, it is. It is. It's I'm really looking go, forward to Go and get to my... some work trousers from the market now it's deemed as a, as a day trip out. And I, do you know what? I'm jealous of the fact he's done that. Yeah, I've got I've got it in my in my my head now. I need I need to go and get some shampoo. That's like a an outing. Yeah, oh, that's a trip out, isn't it? We just did that earlier. We went for a walk, and then when we got back, it was like, oh, we need some fizzy water. We'll have a go at co-op. So we had to walk up the co-op. It felt like a felt like a Friday night date night. <laughs> Having a walk to co-op with the masks on. Yeah, we got we got a bit of a, a day planned tomorrow because there's going to be uh, rugby. Uh, so well, we might go on. to to see some of the rugby in a pub but we can't watch the main match right. i don't know anything about it i'm i'm gonna be like just a just an accompanying person i'm not really into what tier are you in then what tier are you guys in we are in one i see you've got so much more so see we've hit tier three so we're in tier three in nottingham so there is absolutely nothing to do we can't even go to the pub and watch the rugby now we, we've got some see, look at you tempting coins. me there by going, oh, we're going to the pub tour. I was like, how are they doing that? Because you're in tier one, whereas I'm in tier three. I'm barely allowed out of my house. Oh, no. <laughs> are you allowed to travel out of your tiers? Yeah, you are. You're allowed to travel for work. So that's what I'm now classing anything that I do is work. So... It is work, John. <laughs> it it Just is work, because... yeah. <laughs> Everything I so, do is work. So, like, some people would, would denigrate the comedic profession say it's, that ain't working that's the way to do it now it is now <laughs> all of it's work every new material night is work every podcast i do is work every gig that i get which might happen or not at work so i could i'm just traveling all over. i'm just everywhere so i'm like oh, it's work it's fine wear a mask it'll be all right clean my yeah. hands don't touch anyone yes Yes, that's indeed. the way I do it. That's the way I do things. So it's fine. I've never been. I've never been a big one for sitting on the audience anyway. So I don't understand. Why I can't just go out and do it. Do you know what I mean? That, so the thing, one thing that annoys me about not being able to do gigs is the fact that I was never a person that would be like touching audience members anyway. Because who's doing that? Um, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot Neil was quite interactive. Yeah, he's not on the list though. He's like he's, no, he's quite not. surprised. He's <laughs> not on the list. <laughs> oh the list that's going to be a mystery to the listeners and i'm going to keep it that way (laughs) yeah oh that's the way to do it yeah let's not talk about the list too much (laughs) everyone's like what list are they talking about they google the list don't google the list it's pointless you'll just get nothing (laughs) but you are on a tour now i think that you have got such an inspired title for your show (laughs) (laughs) every time i see it i just laugh to myself I've just been uh, I've just been pitching it as well to somebody else, and they asked they've just asked me what it's called. So I told them, and they haven't emailed me back yet. So I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. But uh, yeah, what what you've been up to? Do you like it's, it's got, I love it. I love it as a name. Yeah, because it's like if people don't know you, you I think are often you come up top of the lists of top. You go top of some lists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't say uh, I'm top of the list at this point. That's very difficult. <laughs> Uh, as as people's favourite MC, because you're, yeah. you're pretty darn good at it, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Yeah, that's. Oh, look, uh, that, I would say that's definitely one of the the best um, skills I've got in my wheelhouse. I think is how you'd put it. I think MCing is one of my biggest skills. Yeah, I think it's because when you talk to people, you are very affable. You're very friendly. You're also extremely confident. You don't 
you, you're not somebody who's ever going to get thrown by anything that anybody says to you. I don't no, think. I don't think I'm not an aggressive. I'm not an aggressive MC, so I don't go straight in with a with a horrible like, oh, what you know, what are you work. Do you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not, a, not a horrible. I like to hear from people, and I think I like to know what people have done, and I like to know what their answers are going to be. To that. I don't ask just ask the question as a way to get to something. I'm generally asking the question because I want to know. What do you do for a living? Do you know, I want to know what that is. I mean, I met a, where did I meet on Wednesday? I met someone called, I met a, phlebotom, a phlebotomist. Is that a phlebotomist? Is that a, a Oh, thing? yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I had no idea what that was until Wednesday. And I met him at a gig. And I just said to him, well, what do you do for a living? He said, I'm a phlebotomist. And I had 10 minutes of me talking to him on stage with everyone else. Because I was really interested about what it was. Yeah, I only know what that is because my friend's just become one. In the past is year. it a thing because he'd just become one as well the guy i spoke to on wednesday he had just become a phlebotomist so is it like are they struggling for, for, for phlebotomists in the nhs at the moment well probably but you need to be Maybe. a vampire yeah well <laughs> this, is, this is basically what i told him that he was basically a vampire now that's what he was but i didn't i'd never heard of that thing before so I, i've learned something and that's what i like doing i like to learn things from people at gigs i don't think it's about me taking the mick out of them or you know taking the piss and being horrible or making i do make jokes at people and i do yeah you know that sort of thing but i don't i like to know what it's, it's interesting i like to be interested by the people i'm talking to so i haven't got any disdain for what they do i my genuine question is you know what have you been up to what do you do for a living yeah, i generally want to know I, I think, think with some 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 mcs and specific, well we are, you know we had a chat on the internet well, on facebook that certain reviewers don't like the fact that certain MCs will ask people what they do for a living. And that was one of the main reasons why I made this show. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've got like a very good skill set, And uh, when you are more of a household name, that will set you up, I think, to be, you know, the chat show kind of. Oh, do you host. think? Oh, you think that's, well, I think think that's so. my, wow, look at you. Look at that. Look at you planning out my career straight away. So it's going from, he's great MC, but he's going to be, he replaced Jonathan Ross. It's going to be dead easy. Replace Jonathan Ross on ITV. Be all right. Yeah, because you've got, you've got this all going on. You've got your editing suite there. You know, you can, yeah, you that's could, it. Yeah, I can do it all. Master of your own We can do it all, universe. For, all from my bedroom. Is that what you're saying? So basically yeah. in lockdown, I'm going to start my own chat show. You can start it from here. And then it would just build up great to great idea. things. I might start a chat show then. Maybe that's the next thing then, Donna. That's it. You've done that. I'll give you 10% of anything we get in donations for a chat show. Hey, ideas. Way. <laughs> <laughs> I do, yeah. Blue Sky Thinker. That's what you are. Yeah, too many of these this time. You know, like a couple of times dur during the past few months where, like we were discussing earlier, like comedians have come up with ideas for shows and then they've been sort of like taken on by bigger names yeah that's yeah. very true yeah so you gotta be careful with this kind of thing because you know I, I say oh you should be a ch chat show host and then the next thing you know who's a chat show host <laughs> um whoever's on tv sarah pasco <laughs> yeah sarah pasco now be a chat show host just because i've, I've yeah exactly. well this is true um although talking about show titles and stuff like that have been stolen my idea for edinburgh this year was going to be a show called alone and now i've realized that i can't do it because it was about me being on my own in a house in London and I'm not doing it now because I've moved back, but everyone's now locked in a house on their own with not doing anything. So it's, it's completely not, not, not viable anymore. Yeah. I would say like, it's very sensible having moved back. It's like, I raise, I raise my glasses here. At, at, but 
you know, when you move to London to make more of a career at your comedy, there's a little bit of me thinking, you're a nuts. <laughs> That's oh, more well, nuts than running a pub. <laughs> do you think? Maybe. I know, a lot of people do that. Probably not as nuts as some of our, our friends who may perhaps live in Northampton or Milton Keynes who've gone and done that. Because it's like, it's like an hour on the train, mate. And uh, there's yeah, trains all night. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> you're much yeah exactly so you can get there and back quite easily whereas me london if i did a gig in london i wasn't getting back till three in the morning and it was costing me 60 quid in petrol or 110 pounds on the train so it was a lot more it made more sense for me to be in london to do the gigs and then drive out to get to the other gigs because that's easier um but yeah maybe it was a yeah it probably might um I think I'm a better comic for it. I think I'm a better comic for being down in London and because I gigged a lot. So it was every night of the week. Um, but I wouldn't be down there now. I don't think there's any need for me to be down there now. There's no gigs. So there's no point in me being there. I might as well move back here and get a job at Tesco's. You <laughs> say like that. And then I started laughing. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Schadenfreude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Somebody posted like some random thing on someone's like Twitter the other day and said, and like, so for you with the Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. <laughs> yes. Like, that's a, like a, a crime fighting duo, Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. I like that. Who, what, what, who would, who, what, what would Schodden do and what would Freud? Or is it Schod and? Or is it yeah, Schod? So Schod and Freud. Schod would be, of course, the footprint specialist. Of course he would, yeah. And Freud would be the, the psychoanalyst. So like psychoanalyst. Being, that, yeah. But every answer would come down to the fact that they won't sleep with their mother. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that's how it'd work every time. That's the end of every episode. Tell me episode. about these dreams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the end of every episode. It'll be a guy that's got a very distinctive footprint, but also had a penchant for his mother. Yes. <laughs> Especially to talk about your tour then. Yeah, okay, go for it. I mean, you're going to ask me some questions about it now, and I don't know what the answers are going to be, but go for it. What do you Where is your tour? <laughs> so, uh, oh, uh, let me just <laughs> fill, let me fill while I open up the poster. Uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I came up with an idea of doing a tour. Uh, I saw Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes is on there. Milton Keynes is on there, but that's not until 2021. Oh, we've got so, time. We've got time. Yeah, so we've got Derby, uh, which is happening on the 8th of November 2020. Uh, there was going to be Nottingham on the 9th of November, but that has now been cancelled and moved. Well, postponed. Let's say postponed to 2020. We have then got Bromsgrove on the 19th of November. Uh, we have got Melton Mowbray on the 22nd of November. Uh, I've got Whitchurch over near Wrexham on the 19th of December. That's 2020. Ooh. And then 8th of November, 8th of January in 2021 is Milton Keynes. And the 29th of January is Droitwich in, uh, in 2021 as well. That's good. There's a couple more than I saw last yeah, time. So, yeah, a couple more added in. And I've got a few more that people are umming and ahhing with me at the minute about it because of obviously lockdown and all that sort of stuff. Um, so a few venues are sort of like, oh, yeah, let's try it. So I have got one, hopefully, in Northampton soon, um, which might happen, which I'm trying to get a hold. Well, I've got a hold of the promoters and people and venues and stuff like that, and they're trying to work something out. But it's obviously difficult at the minute. But you're tier one, so obviously it should be dead easy. It should be. But I think a lot of the venues are sort of like um, prepping at the moment, anywhere with a decent size indoors, yeah. is prepping for the future. So, like, so my local think every, pub is... Everyone thinks they're going into tier three, don't they? Let's be honest. Every, everyone yeah. thinks that lockdown's happening. So everyone's just making sure they're ready for it. I think that's what's happening. Yes. That's so, pretty yeah. much what's so going on. I think, basically, what's happening is I'm going to have a few run-ups to this tour. 
Um, and I think a few of these gigs will happen in lower situations in 2020. And I think 2021 will be when I'll actually have bigger, better venues and more people. The fact that it's a complete crowd work tour, I do actually need some people there. That's the one thing that I've got a problem with. <laughs> yeah. It is a complete, so that's the idea of it. It is a complete, we didn't really say that, did we? We just, we kind of did the title and then didn't really talk what was actually going to be about. So it is just completely crowd work. Um, no, I've written a couple of bits of material, but only the top it and tail it. I've not actually written anything for the middle. So I explained the concept of the show at the start and that is funny. And then I'll probably do a bit at the end, which I haven't written yet. And that will be funny. But all the middle bit will just be me talking to the audience. So, so and I should basically reassure anybody that this is not John being lazy, not writing. This is, <laughs> this is uh, just you're using your absolute skill set in, yeah, uh, in, concept, in doing that. Yeah. It also is because I'm lazy, but also it's, <laughs> it's because I think I might as well use this skill set. Um, and I think at this time, point in time, we need social interaction. So I think everyone needs to be able to talk to each other. So that's the idea as well. That's another idea behind the tour is that me um, interacting with these people. Some of these people might not have spoken to people for like a couple of days. Do you know what I mean? Like that could be a possibility. I could be the first person that people have spoken to other than the person at the co-op. So it's nice to actually just have a bit of human interaction and they're in a bar and they, and they don't want it to be a horrible interaction. So we're going to have a nice chat. And we'll have a, just, a, just a, yeah, we'll just find out about each other. That's the idea, which makes Derby interesting because I've just had an email from the people at Derby. I'm doing two shows at Derby, seven, seven o'clock and no, 7.30, no, seven o'clock and 8.30. Uh, but it's only 12 people per sitting. Yeah, now you have to do that, like doubling up like a restaurant. So I'm doubling up. So, yeah, so I'm doing it to 24 people, but it's only 12 per sitting. So if I sell out, that is five minutes each. <laughs> <laughs> That's five minutes each. So you've got to hope that someone's quite interesting so that I might not come to you then. That's how it might work. Has it got, has it got shades of uh, unplanned kind of that kind of concept as about it? Yeah, it is. It is massively unplanned. And Honestly, I mean, you'll know this. You're as a performer, you probably, and I mean, you might be like me, where you get quite. Do you get anxious? Do you get anxious before you get on, Donna? Uh, yes, um, but I, as I was saying to um, some of the last time I was doing this whole interview on podcast, that here's a tip for you: if you're feeling anxious, tell yourself you feel excited, and then that kind of is a similar feeling. Mm, so then you like can it. flip your the way that, that those nerves happen to you. So nervous energy to better energy is basically yeah. what you're saying. You flip that around. Because I don't get, not so much that I get anxious, I get worried. I get a bit, a, bit, a bit of anxiety, but not massive. But this has changed, again, this has changed that to, because I think my anxiety always came from, I hope I remember this bit, or I've got a new bit I'm going to do, blow all that in my head. Whereas now I'm going on stage and just going, wow. Who knows what's going to happen? I, I am literally at a point of... So it adds an extra element of... I feel a bit free on stage, but also, God, is it actually going to be funny? Because it's... How am I going to make this funny? So it, it, I'm making myself do mental gymnastics on stage more than I ever have, ever. Other than when I normally MC. Basically, what I'm doing, Donna, is I'm MCing for an hour. It's, it's improv. It's yeah. improv. Oh, don't I'm say kind that. Of, yeah, I'm technically an improver now. Don't throw me in the improv group. I don't and scene, that. no. And scene. Give me, a, uh, yes, give me and... a household object. Can you just give me a household object and uh, someone that's in the news? Uh, <laughs> give me a film. Give me any film title, a big action film if you can. That's how I'm going to start my show now. 
Yeah. No, no, I've just I've just been talking to my my group because I am part of the extraordinary Are you in time an improv group. It's technically improv. It's the extraordinary time traveling adventures of Baron Munchausen. Um, we are an award-winning children's comedy group. Are you really? Yes. But an improv. So you are technically improv. Is that what you are? Technically, yeah. Wow. Storytelling, uh, com- comedic storytelling, and, and long form. So long form improv. Is that what we're talking here? Yeah. Long form, not short form. So you don't do loads of different scenes. You just do one big long story. We we do a story each. There's like normally about three characters. Yeah, and then we do a story each in one combined story, oh, wow. using members of the audience, and mainly children. So you normally do that yeah. with children. Yeah, oh, that's and, and adults. Yeah, I think that's good. That's a great thing to do. I think improv, that sort of improv, really works for kids. Kids love that sort of stuff because they're um, really involved. Captain Bilgewater Bond is my main character. Oh, is that what you play? Yes, Amazing. I'm a pirate, scourge of the cut. Skirt of the cut, I like it. Have you got an accent? No. Well, oh, I don't know. It's mellowed. <laughs> <laughs> Since we moved to Northampton, it's mellowed a bit. It's mellowed more now from the Gloucester pirate accent that you used to have. I am black country. Yeah, well, you're more Gloucester, aren't you? No. <laughs> what the hey? Your black, your black country accent is so non-black country now that it's more Gloucester. Oh, don't. They always used to say that. Wherever you used to live, people used to say to me, where am you from? I'm you from where, Gloucester. Where are you <laughs> from? Or Australia. <laughs> so where, where, black country, where were you? Was it Dudley? In between. Uh, um, Dudley and Wolverhampton, there's a town called Sedgley. That's where yeah, I grew Sedgley. up. Yeah, I know Sedgley. Yeah, I used to work in Dudley, so I know Sedgley. <laughs> I know all Sedgley. To Sedgley. <laughs> yeah, all, all big up to Sedgley. They love it there. Yeah, uh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't realise you were so, I didn't realise you were so in the depths of the black country, I'm going to be honest, because you have got, your, your, your accent has mellowed a lot. Yeah, my brother's hasn't. He sounds the same. How long have you been away from the black country? 11 years. Is that all? Yeah. I would have said it would have been longer. I, w- I would have said you'd not lived there for 20 with how mellow your accent is. I'm just a mimic. Is that, yeah, well, see, I think I'm the same. I'm a bit of a mimic, because when I lived in Dudley, and worked in Dudley. I had a proper Dudley twang to a lot of words, and that seems to have disappeared now. But apparently, it still comes it. out when I get angry. Apparently, it comes out. Gabby, my wife, whenever she says you shout, if you get angry or um, agitated with anything, it, you, you you sort of like start to shout in like a Dudley twang. It's really weird. Yeah, I'm cool. you can't do that, can you? Do you know what I mean? It's like that. You say Dudley properly. Dudley. Yeah. 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 Most Good people, life. most people, yeah, no, that's where a Birmingham it's, person says I it. I know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not, it's Dudley. <laughs> Dudley. Yeah. Not Dudley, it's Dudley. <laughs> that's how it works. There's no E nearly. There's no, nearly no E in it. It's just Dudley. No, just all the other drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Right, but what's the fact? What's, the, what's that sweet factory that's in Dudley? There's a sweet factory that make like um, those menthol sweets. Teddy Gray's. Teddy yes. I used to work at my factory that I worked at was opposite that. And it used to smell horrible. Oh, is that because of the herbal tablets? Yeah, herbal tablets just used to smell all day, all day long. It smelled herbal tablets to the point you're just like, oh, it's just horrible. I mean, I've grew up in Melton Mowbray. Melton Mowbray's got a dog food factory, and I prefer that smell. Are you sure it's dog food? Milton Mowbray, famous for your pies. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely dog food. My dad used to work there. Uh, and, and you know what day, what was happening on that day. 
I can remember the school used to smell. The drain it used to come from the drain. So when they'd wash off all the factory equipment, this is obviously before any sort of like major health and safety and like PPE and any cleaning. But it was obviously all just one drain. So the drains in the entire town would smell of whatever the dog food was that they'd obviously just washed off everything else. Northampton smells of Carlsberg. I thought you were going to say leather then, because you're all, you're all, you're all shoe, all shoemaking. That's what it's all. But is it? Oh yeah, you've got a massive Carlsberg factory, haven't you? Yeah, that's what it smells of. There's very few shoe factories left. There's like Jeffrey West and churches and a couple is of others. Another, well, what about the one that was in um, Kinky Boots? Is that still there? That was Earl's Barton. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, sorry. That's not even even in Northampton. No, no. They, that was a, that was a a liberty they took there. A poetic license. Did it, yeah. <laughs> ridiculous can't believe it they were like filming at the bus stop in Earls Barton so you could see the church on the hill it's the the lovely uh Saxon tower yeah. and then that that bus would be just down the road from All Saints Church as well in the middle of Northampton oh of course it was because that's exactly where it was yeah oh, oh, so, so do you watch Kinky Boots and go that isn't there that yep. can't be there. He's not just done the bus right. You can't even get the bus from Earl's Barton to Northampton, actually. In fact, it's got two stops. It's got to have two changes to do that. Yeah, it's all on the X4. X4 X46. <laughs> Is that what I like? It's on the X4. X you can do it all X4, on the X4. X46, X47. <laughs> but it would take a long time. It'd take him like 45 minutes. I can't believe he's got there so quickly. Yeah, it's about 25 minutes. It's not that long. Yeah, nice, I like it. <laughs> it's, about, it's about long enough for me to finish a story on the way to my writing group. Oh, is you, have you got a writing group in Earl's Barton? Yeah. We're going to have to meet online now, but it's good because we can have members now from Brighton and uh, Edinburgh. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. You're very select, though. How are you? <laughs> yeah. Very selective of what you can have in your writing group. Yeah. Successful authors only. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at you. Look at me. Oh, award-winning author. That's what you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing all right doing all right <laughs> doing all right you are doing all right this is it well when i first met you i think you were already were you the bard i can't remember if you were the bard of, uh, yes. of, of northampton when i first met you i think yeah uh i was the the bard the first ever bard in northampton and then the, the second bard in northampton was also a comedian oh was it who was that joe bun never heard of them he's down in he's now down in worthing so he's oh. now the bard of worthing that comedy, that comedy hotspot of Worthing. <laughs> Only famous for the bowls. Oh, I don't know anything about it. It's next to Brighton. That's all. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's next to Brighton. It's down on that end. But yeah, I've 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 played I've played bowls at Worthing when they used to have the national championships down there. Yeah. So anyway. he's all kinds of talent. <laughs> oh yeah, all the talent, all the talent in Worthing. That's what we've got. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have pictured you at the bowls. There were other things that. I'm a national indoor and outdoor bowls champion. I'll have you know. Ah. I was, I was Leicestershire under 25s captain for four years. See, I, I am. Would you look at me and, and think there is Dudley School's home and water safety quiz champion two years in a row? <laughs> yeah, I would think that actually. <laughs> Looking at you, I'd be like, yes, that's definitely it. <laughs> yeah. We were at primary school and we had to learn stupid deaths that people had had so that we would know how to answer a quiz question. It was like the Darwin Awards. It was so That's much amazing. fun. <laughs> like, uh, what is wrong in this scenario? <laughs> I love that. That is great. Yeah, we learned about the woman who had a, a tin bath for a baby. So she wanted to keep the water warm while she answered the door. So she put it on the stove. Oh, my word. Ridiculous. What, with the baby in it? With the baby in it. But the thing is as well, it's a tin bath. So how old was that, how old was that story? 
That's yeah, that story is a very old story. Unless I don't know. I mean, where was it? Was it based in Northampton? Do you still have Tim Baths in Northampton? Maybe Earls Barton hasn't got as many uh, as, as maybe the internet's not got to Earls Barton yet. Or well, no, you were at school, so it's Dudley. Was this it's Dudley? Dudley School. So, yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe school. still have Tim Baths in Dudley. I don't know. They might still have Tim Baths. When was this? Nineteen ninety-one. This would be nineteen eighty-three, nineteen eighty-four. Oh wow! Okay, you're yep. older than I remember, Donna. Uh, just, just, you know, possess the. Or you, no, you went to school. Flower you, obviously, you got moved up years quite quickly. I think is that what is that what it is? You, secondary <laughs> school in that time, you should have been in primary school. I think you probably should have been year three or four, but you were doing your GCSEs. Is that how it works? Yeah, no, no, it's a just, just it's a very bright primary school. Yeah, that's what I thought. Very bright <laughs> child, very bright child that got moved forward so many years that it makes it look like you're old, but you weren't. And I'm also on top of that, same time, <laughs> flipping, uh, got my gold bar four standard. In disco dancing. What? You're also a disco dancer? Can I just say that this is not a skill that you can keep up? <laughs> <laughs> sure With no effort. Why? Oh, right, yeah, that's what I was about to say. It is definitely a skill you can keep up, but you do need to do it. It's not like you could just like whip it back out again. Well, that is a move. <laughs> and tabletop. <laughs> I love the idea of disco dancing. Just whip. Oh, she's doing the whip it out. Look at her. There she goes. She's, off. she's whipped it out again. There she goes. Wow. So what gold bar, did you say? Gold bar yeah, disco dancer. Because you get your bronze medal, your silver medal, your gold yeah. medal, and then your gold bar four. So what's gold bar? What, what is there a gold bar three? No. Why not? Gold why, bar four, why, why gold did, bar five, gold bar six. And why then did they like move up to four straight from Individual gold? trophies and, and uh, doubles doubles shields and all that. Yeah. Disco D- Double shields is when you basically pioneer the shit out of disco dancing by being part of a same-sex partnership <laughs> at one of the special events just right. going to your friend adele we'll do it let's go come on let's go we'll do it <laughs> and then and winning a prize you, <laughs> you won a prize of possibly nearly being lesbians is that what you're saying yeah <laughs> yeah they were like this can't be it were you were you you were so forward thinking they were they thought you were lesbians like no we're just we're just people we're just doing dancing why have you given this label of being lesbians because during the 80s, that's how it works. It's just, it's just, if you're very good at the disco dancing, just very good at the disco dancing, hey, have a shield. <laughs> have, a, have a shield. If you're just good at disco dancing, have a shield. That's how it works. Yeah. What sort and, of shield? Uh, a big shield? Like a Captain no, a America plastic-un. shield? <laughs> oh, plastic shield. That's ridiculous. At least you could dance on a Captain America shield. You can't dance on a little plastic shield that you get given. It's, not, it's not made of vibranium, no. <laughs> Oh, well, we're good, not that good, kind of lesbian great knowledge <laughs> i'm loving the great knowledge as, 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 as far as it goes we're no, is it? that's it that's your marvel <laughs> knowledge out now is it that vibranium that's it <laughs> i don't know every so often i think oh i should know what we we got the disney plus channel so like that's you sort of thing watched that them all by now i mean you've had you know how many I months am... have we had to watch all this now you've been at home for how long and you've not watched all the disney all the marvel so- all the working marvel. from home i've been so damn busy <laughs> not ever working from home sort of thing is it nah. <laughs> <laughs> neil's watched that, them all i say that to my wife all the time it's working from home it's not real it's not really working, is it? But it definitely is. I do watch her work from seven till eight. And then being married to a comedian is not the way to do working from home. Because <laughs> I just want attention all the time. I'm like a small child or a Labrador. What are you doing? Research. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Research. I'm looking at you. I'm observing you because I'm trying to do comedy. That's how that's <laughs> just watching her from the side. Very weird. 
And what are you doing? Messing around the internet. Topical jokes. Topical yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What are you doing now? Playing a game. Why are you playing that game? Because other people game, and I need to know what what Call of Duty is. Call of Duty. <laughs> Call of Duty. I need to. Oh, that's, that's actually. I've never thought about it like that. Call of Duty. It's a call of my duty. Anyway, I'm writing material now. Are you Donna? That's not what. It's not not what this show's about, is it? It's definitely not what this tour's about. No. Tell what my show is about, and it's about being aspirational. So it's about basically aspiring to do or be better than you are right now. <laughs> so I like having people on like your good self who have made the most of the situation yeah. and uh, people can listen to you and they can be inspired. And then when they're inspired, they can aspire. Oh, I like it. like yeah. that a lot. That's good. So now that you're on, I'm going to give you a challenge. Have you got oh, yeah. any lovely aspirational quotes that you can zing out? Aspirational quotes, aspirational. What can I zing out as aspirational quotes? Um, if you can't think of a way to do it, just do it. Is that aspirational? It, it, it sounds like the aspirational quotes done by an AI. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if the road... If the road isn't paved, start to get your own paving. Okay, that's that's Rishi Sunak retraining. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I've not really got aspirational quotes. Um, I don't really know. That's very difficult. An aspirational quote is. Well, what, what? Give me an example. Who's done an aspirational? Give me an example of an aspirational quote, and then I might be able to think. Of oh, one. most famous one is "Live, Laugh, Love." Oh, that one—the one that's on everybody's like kitchen. <laughs> kitchen pieces of wood <laughs> on, the, on their kitchen pieces of wood <laughs> yeah do you know they've all got those bloody horrible kitchen kitchen pieces of wood look at john using his words i'm looking inside the kitchen pieces of wood where is my dinner <laughs> <laughs> no they've got those like wooden planks that just say live live love laugh or whatever on it it's just, yeah just i put yeah. the pro in prosecco <laughs> oh yeah that's it oh you don't have to be mad to work here uh, that, it's those sort of things isn't it that's an inspirational quote uh, as, well you want aspirational quotes um aspirational quote i don't really know um just do it that's a good one isn't it that's aspirational yeah, that's a yeah nike. That's a nike nike just do it uh just do it that's it just do it if you can, if you don't think you can do it just get on with it and do it or at least give it a go i love it's getting sheer buff now <laughs> do it <laughs> Just just do it. And if you don't think you can do it, give it a go. And if you don't do it, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You'll do something else. I should film myself. I've got, I've got like, my blue background, which doesn't really work as green screen. I should just, get, just film myself in front of it going, do it. And then people can project things on me and I'll just be see-through. Yeah, perfect. Like... Yeah, I like that. It's <laughs> a great idea. Um, what would I, uh, yeah, I was, I, I did, do you know what? I did, I did think of one then and then it's gone from my head uh, with the whole just do it. I can't even remember now. Who knows? Oh, I think that, that's a good one. Uh, don't be worried to fail. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Don't, I like that never one. be worried to fail. And I think that's the way I live my life. Don't be worried to fail because it's fine. You can fail. It's all right. You're allowed. I think we have interviewed. <laughs> oh, that's it. Done. The end. We finished it with that, uh, that uh, aspirational quote there from John. Don't be worried to fail. Just, just if you fail, it's fine. There we go. Aspirational quote done. Okay, thank you very much, John. No worries, thank you, Donna. And hopefully we'll see you in Northampton. At some point, yeah. Keep a watch out on my website and all that sort of stuff. So it's johnpearson.co.uk or at johnnypete underscore comic on all the social medias.
yes i will put some of those links in the podcasty link bit perfect know the yeah. podcasty podcast thing <laughs> yeah the podcasty linky bit that'll be perfect yes. can't wait <laughs> okay thank you all right thank you Dada. cheers Cheers. You've been listening to the Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies with Donna Scott. Please like and subscribe. Give us a five-star review. I love you. Also check out Donna Scott Comedy on YouTube and my website, donna-scott.co.uk. Music, It Looks Like the Future But It Feels Like the Past by Dr. Turtle on Flush Your Rolex EP.